0: What up guys, welcome to the sound centric podcast. I'm Samuel Sarfo. I'm Adam Dash. And thank you guys for tuning in for this week's episode. Today we have a very special guest with us. From Houston, Texas He's been making Tremendous strides Over the past couple of years His live performance session With Uproxx For his song Nightmares Has about 300,000 views yet, So that just shows How Ooh. much he's been killing it If you haven't checked it out already we'll make sure to put The link in the description Go ahead and check it out It's easily the most gross performance You'll ever see But for today's episode We'll be talking about His recent album 95 Civic As well as his Upcoming Ooh. collaborative project With his collective team CXR uh, Before the summer is over Of course his whole Musical journey as a whole But Dende Thank you so much for being here, man, and taking the time.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate you.
0: Of course. Let's get rolling
2: Uh, out. Yes. Tende, as we just told you, and as hopefully our listeners know by now, we do a playlist title of the week and a song to highlight that playlist title, just for me and Sam to catch up since we go about a week before we go face-to-face with each other. So Sam, how are we feeling? What's the playlist title
0: today? Playlist title is going to be You Can Be Anything. I saw the Barbie movie recently, as well as Oppenheimer. Had to. Yo, I saw it last night. Barbie? We'll talk it about it. It was really good. <laughs> it was good. You can see the grin in his face. But basically, that is, is themed from that, but also just the fact that there's been so many creatives recently in the independent space. And of course, with social media, you can, I guess, see it now, but there's just so much in the music sector, the arts sector, um, photography, videography. It's incredible. Dendi right here, what he's been doing as an independent artist, you know, amazing. So of course, the song's going to be Hustler Ambition by 50 Cent. Oh, God. Yep. And just what to touch you? on the
2: Barbie movie quickly, I was I was surprised. Like I was really I really thought it was a good movie. I was <laughs> laughing during it. Will Ferrell back in his prime, Will Ferrell bag. Also, I saw Oppenheimer and IMAX. Finally, mm-hmm. it was crazy. Yeah, then have you it seen was... the movies at all?
1: I haven't seen either one of those movies. No, he's been tucked in the
0: lap, focused. That's what he's been up yeah.
1: to. I wouldn't say that, but, <laughs> 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 but I didn't go to the movies. Though. <laughs> um,
2: for my playlist title of the week, we're gonna go with. Um, Name and pr- name of the song and the title of the same thing. Uh, bucket List Project. It was a song by Saba. And it's been a stressful looking for a job right now. And sometimes it can be hard to appreciate other things I've achieved recently. And not to butter you up, but this was on our bucket list for this year. We wanted Facts. to get the Dende interview. And it really means a lot that you're coming on the show right now, man. Like, generally huge fan. My friends have been sent Block Me and Swerve and all these songs so many times where I'm like in a living room at college making them watch YouTube videos of you. So man, I am hype, but how are you doing? What is the playlist title?
1: Oh man. Playlist title for me is probably going to be, uh, it's probably going to be the same as the song title too. It's going to be free mind Mm. attempts. You know, I've been, I've been, we're we're in the summer. We got some Afro beats going, but also I just, you know, I've been needing to free my mind up from certain situations. So that's how I'm feeling.
2: I gotta get more of my Thames back because I love Essence and like I'll sing that at the top of my lungs, but I have not like listened to her whole
1: catalog.
0: Also Burna Boy, I have to listen to. Got to. Tim's is
1: really good. I also haven't really listened to Burna Boy either, but Tim's is really good.
0: All the Afro vibes. All the Afro vibes. All the Afro vibes.
2: vibes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But to get to get into things. So first off, I want to compliment that I love that there's a, such a concept to your album so you come in with before we Crash" ep and i, I read in that article that the, like your um, a&r was giving you that advice to like, kind of make a story around it so people care about the breakup album by creating like a love ep so one question that me and Sam debate all the time like what do you think of as the difference between an ep and album and how do you like decide what songs go on which and what was your well, thought process
1: for that I can tell you the technical so EP and album technically would just be the the length um yeah. it's just really just the length um people sometimes pass off EPs as albums um yeah. and vice versa uh but for me the way that we did it to be honest with you uh the way that we make our music and like make projects is we have like Basically listening sessions. So when Miz came to Houston, that first day he got there, we were like, we want women to listen to this music. Even though it's sad, we want women to listen to this music, we want women to go to the shows because they move the culture forward. So yeah. we just had a bunch of sessions where we would have women come and just listen to the music and see how they reacted. Um, that day before like women came to listen for the first time, uh, we didn't even have an EP. I just also had a lot of songs. So <laughs> okay. we had an album that I put together and uh, and I just had a bunch of songs. And Miz put that EP together. The EP that we, that we put out, those songs, or what he put together. He did that in like an hour. And he was like, we're gonna give really? this to him. We're gonna tell him that this is an EP. And then it leads yeah. to the album. And they listened to that and they were like, this is perfect, this is amazing. We obviously changed some things like we did after production. Yeah. Like we made it fit more into the story, seamless and stuff like that. But the songs, where literally he just put that together and was like, we're going to make this a story and tell them that this was already a thing. And they were like, we loved it. Now the album, they did not. So <laughs> we, had to, we had to switch that around completely. But the album we showed people was not the album we put out at all.
2: Wow. So t- talk about that process. What was wrong with it, quote unquote, and what had to be changed?
1: Um, I, the thing is, I don't think there was anything wrong with it. Uh, it just, yeah. it wasn't, it didn't fit into what we needed to be doing. Like, I think it was still okay. a very solid album. It was good, but that was to me and then to other like, like, like instrumentalists and stuff like that. They would like it a lot, yeah. but the average listener would get bored or they'd be like, I don't like this at all. Mm, <laughs> so,
2: okay.
1: and we're not making it for me and guitar players around the world. <laughs> we're making it so yeah, other yeah. people can, can take it and like actually get something from it. Um, so basically it came with a whole lot of, uh, me swallowing my ego and my pride and just being like, okay, this isn't going to work. So let's scrap that and just figure out where we're going to go from here. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a humbling experience, but, um, (laughs) yeah, it just took a lot of those. It took a whole lot of bringing people in to listen and then be like, all right, we're going to change this. It dipped right here. So let's, let's move this around. Mm -hmm. Just a lot of the like trial and error.
0: Yeah. I mean, that shows how ahead of the game you guys are. I've not heard... Many artists, apart from like, I feel I heard like Drake and Future bringing in different people to listen and curate the album, see the vibes and how it fits. And of course, you're making music for yourself, but at the same time, like you said, you're giving music out to the people, and obviously, they don't like it, and there's a problem, you know. But that's so forward thinking, and shows where you guys are at in the game.
1: Yeah, we're always trying to make sure we're making something better. And even before I got with Cxr, I was doing something similar, but just not on that scale. Like I would every everything that I had put out before, like project wise, I would always have just people that I knew. And then one person that I didn't know at all come mm-hmm. to my apartment, which is dangerous, but um, <laughs> I would just have people come and listen. I'd be like, I'd give them a piece of paper and be like, can you take notes? Mm-hmm. Like, literally, and just be like, let's make sure that we're putting something out that's good. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we leveled it up a whole lot more for this one, but yeah. Yeah.
0: What was your process nah, it was, for? Sorry, you go ahead, Adam.
2: No, nah, no, nah, nah, it was amazing. Just the way you sequenced mm-hmm. the whole album and like, it really flows together and like with the story and the narration throughout, I think it's sick.
1: Thank you. It's it's a it's a combination of me, Miz, my producer Billy Blunt. It's beautiful. Shout out Billy. Shout, Shout out. Shout out to Billy.
0: And again, in twenty twenty one, you dropped a happy man. Obviously, now you dropped in twenty twenty three ninety five Civic. What was the change? What was the shift in mindset? Um, how was the process different um, compared to that album, and of course, previous projects as well?
1: So um, I'm a control freak, and I I can't. Uh, I, I, I like to take accountability for my own actions. You know, I'm a control freak. Uh there you go. So before A Happy Man, I produced everything. I mixed everything. I mastered everything. Wow. I recorded all my own vocals. I would do everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We get to A Happy Man time and I had met Billy recently before that. And that was the first time I started letting someone else like take control of stuff. I still recorded myself. I still mixed and mastered everything. Mm-hmm. But... Billy was producing, but still not to the extent that he did on 95 Civic. Mm. I would like on Happy Man. He would send me stuff. I'd record to it. I'd send it to him. I'd be like, All right, this is what we're doing. We're done. I'm gonna put this out. Um, for 95 Civic, I would go stay at his crib. He would come stay at my crib. We would lock in. I would literally trust him. I just he'd be like, How do you feel about this? And I'd be like, I was literally already thinking this. Like we would mm. we would sit there after we already finished a song, like finished we'd be like, go back and make it better. Like, that's how we started getting seamless transitions and stuff like that is by finishing stuff and then being like, all right, we're going to add extra because there's a lot of finished songs. Everybody's putting out finished songs, but we have to do the extra thing. Beyonce's doing seamless uh, transitions of her albums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We should do seamless transitions. <laughs> and our stuff Cause that'd be really cool.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. The tra- the transition between wish you well and ultimatum that, that transition specifically, that one was crazy. Uh, and when it comes to, like, writing on this album in your process, you kind of mentioned before we started recording that you are not a rap fan, but you are very good at rapping. <laughs> how do you de- – so how do you decide – well, for, I'm curious why you don't like rap. And then after that, why, how do you decide on a song if you're going to want to sing on this song or rap on this one? Like, Wish You Well, you kind of rap melodically on that. And um, then the Happy Man, you're rapping your ass off.
1: Yeah, so – I kind of used to rap a lot but that came from the fact that I used to write poems um, okay. heavily I used to write poems a whole lot so like literally on happy man there's a whole song that is just a poem <laughs> like um, I used to do that a lot um deciding how, when to rap on something honestly it was just the time period because I made a lot of these songs at different times like wish you well like, even though this project is about a breakup with with someone that I was with, uh, I wrote Wish You Well when we were still together. Like, me and Chris made that song, like, wouldn't make the first or second time we actually met each other in real in, in real life in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I was still dating this person for another, like, yeah. six or seven months. Like, <laughs> but it was about her. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. um, but, like, that was just a different time. Um, and I was still rapping. Like, I was still rapping in songs. Yeah. And then I transitioned to mostly singing in songs. So it, it isn't like a, I'm going to make a decision if I'm rapping in a song. It's mostly just like the time period I was in. I was yeah. still already rapping on songs, so I was choosing beats that were like that. Yeah,
2: and we talked to uh, uh, Seth Such last week about this. And shout out, Seth! I mean, you want you've worked with him. The song's amazing mm-hmm. too. You did the chorus and Appreciate another verse on that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's it like? Because I've had trouble with this as an artist, and you just kind of mentioned it. Dating someone while writing a song. What's it like releasing music knowing like that person might hear that story?
1: Don't care. Uh, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> Hey, I I always, you know, I always, when people would ask me about that relationship, I would be like, yo, I was not perfect in that relationship. I was kind of a shitty person at the very beginning of it. And then towards the end, I I kind of fucked it up. But also, I am also valid in how she made me feel. So releasing these songs and her possibly hearing them, I don't really care because it's just like... (laughs) Yeah. You know, you gotta you gotta hear it. Cause I didn't really tell you how you made me feel. Yeah. So mm-hmm. now you gotta hear it and oh well, yeah. <laughs> if you're upset about it, okay. But
0: well, you know what they say, heartbreak, it makes the best music. And this is one of my favorite projects from you. Pregnancy pack, oh man, that was that was I think between those yeah. two are my favorite. But do you think that having the time to actually be working together physically? Uh, For 95 Civic, maybe enhanced a little bit more compared to just receiving beats separately, um, you know, online. For sure.
1: For sure. There's a lot more. It's it's a lot more personal. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more like literally if you were in the room watching us make the like do the after production and stuff Mm -hmm. on on this project and on the EP. I'm literally most of the time I was at Billy's crib laying on the floor in his studio room. And I'll be like, how about you do this? And I'd hum something. And then he brings it to life. Or he's just like, I think I wanna do something like this. Or literally, something that a lot of people didn't even realize was going on is like, there's certain taglines in almost every single song that were in one song. Like, uh, yeah. I think it was, I think it's Swerve. Yeah, there's a, yeah, You Say You Love Me. That happens in a lot of the songs. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like him playing an instrument, it does those notes. Uh-huh. Like, it's just adding simple stuff like that that people don't even realize. And then we're just like, I think that would sound really cool. <laughs> but if we're like not in the same room, one of us won't say it and it just won't happen. Uh, yeah. So it definitely makes it easier to do just cool stuff that even no one will notice or they will. And they'll be like, that's really cool. Uh, it just makes it more personal.
2: I think that's like the funny part about making music is, especially if you mix your own music, you listen to it, hearing every single thing from like a small <coughs> ad lib. And no one else hears that. And you're like, oh, you hear that like noise? And they're like, no, you're crazy because <laughs> you've heard it so many times. And so you're now working with a producer and you touched on being a control freak. How did you guys build that trust where you're like, no, know what, maybe he is right about this? And then how important do you think it is for artists? Because it, it's easy to make music in your room. It's not scary. There's no one giving you advice. You're just making it how you want. So how important have you found it and to other artists to like find someone to work with and get, build that chemistry?
1: Um well for the first one I feel like me and him just started being friends um just like genuinely outside of music as well so trusting him inside of the music when I know he's amazing at what he does wasn't that yeah. hard um it just wasn't um I urge people to definitely find someone that they trust to 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 help them because it's like even if they're not a producer just something cuz like you can't do everything by yourself. You can, but not only does it make yeah. it harder, sometimes there is a ceiling. I'm not saying that there's always a ceiling for everyone because there's a lot of people that can just do every single thing and they can go to the highest of heights. But like there sometimes is a ceiling for most people of what you can just do by yourself. Um, unrelated, because this kind of has to do with the the, the question <laughs> before I just wanted to tell this. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite moments is uh, how we were making... Uh, Nightmares and it's one of the saddest songs, if not the saddest song on the album. And when we made that song, uh, we were laughing because at the beginning, I'm literally humming the Halo theme and no one has said anything about it. (laughs) I'm literally singing the Halo theme just in a different that's key fine. and no one said to think about it every time we heard it for the first like month after we made this song, every time we heard Laugh. that part we just laughed But we left it in like it's, it's yeah. in the song like if you go listen i'm singing the halo thing so halo if you want to sue me that'd be fire because then i get on the press <laughs> um yeah let's do it
2: get them get them <laughs> man i mean that's why you got to make music for you sometimes you'll you'll say a line that no one else gets but like if you find it funny or yeah. like you get the references and like someone else does it makes it so much better when someone does mention like, "Yo, was that the Halo song?" And you're like,
0: "Finally, <laughs> so <laughs> one Finally. It, someone saw it." <laughs> well, that's always the point to make music, man. That's that's the fun aspect of it that matters. And of course, you said working together in a team has played a big part. I know, especially with independent artists and the whole like uh, culture, it's always do it, DIY, do it yourself. You know, mix, master, produce, songwrite. But at the end of the point, there's going to be a ceiling. Of course, you're with Cxr, amazing collective. Um, talk about how you got into that. Um, your relationship with the members of the collective and then also the features as well in the project. how did those songs come together?
1: Um, so with CXR, I started working with them mainly because I became cool with Chris over the internet. like I became uh, cool with Chris uh, on the internet during like the pandemic, like the very beginning of the pandemic. I got familiar with his music. Um, we started like hitting it off. Um, we would both be traveling at the same time and we would end up in the same places and CXR was always around him. So I always ended up being around them too. And eventually they asked if I wanted to be a part. Um, and I said, yeah, cause I actually valued, I actually like how they operate just on the business side. And then I like them as people, mm-hmm. like they're cool. And they know how to handle me as a person. Cause I, I, there's not much I take serious. Like I take music serious. There's not much I take serious. <laughs> like in regular life, I don't take a lot serious and they know how to handle me because even though I am living regular life, it bleeds into the career. So they know how to handle me like with the RB stuff.
0: Like the first, like
1: literally the first time all of them like were really, really around me like that was when I was already in CXR and they came to Houston for the pregnancy pack release. And I went with Colin to Arby's. I just wanted to go to Arby's and he took a picture of me in Arby's and posted it and it started going viral. And then we sat around a table because they started flaming CXR for eating Arby's. They made like logos with (laughs) CXRbs and stuff. And we sat around a table and made a press release. Like I wrote half of it, like saying that Dende's kicked out of CXR. We don't eat Arby's. That's just nasty. Yeah. Um, but make sure you go listen to Dende's EP. Like they turned it into, like, a, like, and that started going viral too. Like they turned that into like a, a way to promote my music. Like just something stupid as me wanting to yeah. go get something that everybody hates. <laughs> like turned into a way to capitalize off of it. And I just kind of, I really like how they operate. It's cool. Yeah. Um, uh, some of the features on the album, man, who was on the EP? So the EP is Eric Officer, who is also on CXR. She's the homie. I love Erica. She's amazing. I'm really proud of her. Y'all should be looking out for new music from her too, by the way. Yes, um, uh Deontay. 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 I met Deontay uh, a while back, actually, uh, when I went to Atlanta. I went to his house. Actually, the first time, the first song we recorded Was the song "Late Night" that's on his album that he just dropped? We didn't have Georgia at all. Like that was the first song we recorded. Um, Deontay's a really cool dude, and I was I was a huge fan because of Better. I love Better. It's an amazing project, and I love his new project. Um, He's he's
2: so good. Not to stop your train of thought, but you good?
1: I'm obsessed with his voice, like just his
2: accent, and he just kills (laughs) every feature. And he did that freestyle. I forget which YouTube video it is. And I know what you're talking about when he yeah. like
1: shouted out a bunch of people too. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think it was over this um Tippin Beat state what is it? The one that Cole rapped over too. And I don't know, he just wrapped his fucking ass off. He's he's nice.
1: Yeah, he's amazing. He's an amazing rapper and he's a really cool dude. Like he don't have to do the stuff that he was doing for us. Like yeah. as a person that's signed to a major label, he didn't have to do that. But he's a really cool dude. Um I like him a lot. Uh who else is on the EP? I uh, I <laughs> <and> that's it. <laughs> And
2: that's it for at least that. Before we crash yeah. EP. Yeah. Um, and then, and
1: then 90,
2: ninety-five Civic. Yes, of you course, got a, Chris You Lily. got a couple.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we got a bunch. All right, so mm-hmm. Swerve, Emerald Soul. Uh, shout out to Emerald Soul. I actually met Billy, my producer, because of her. I went to uh, Austin one time to go be in one of her sessions, uh, and Billy was there, and he was like, "Hey, I like what y'all doing. Can I send you stuff?" And that's the first time I met Billy. Um, so shout out her. Without I, I kind of stole her producer. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but without her, like I would have never met Billy. So shout out to that. And she um, killed
2: she like killed that feature. Mm-hmm. She
1: did. That was the first person I thought of when I made that song. Like, and that's also one of the first songs that I made for this album, actually. Oh, wow. um, and she was definitely the first person I thought of. I was like, I want you to be on this. And she smoked it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um we have Chris. Obviously, that's like my brother. I was just with Chris. I just took him to the airport today. Uh, we went to DreamCon this weekend. Shout out to DreamCon. Shout out to yeah. RDC. Um, uh, nah, Chris is amazing. Just as a rapper, as a singer, and as a person, I really genuinely love being around him and working on stuff with him. It's cool New because Jersey he pushes legend. me to be better. Shout out to Jersey. Damn Even God. though last time I was like staying in Jersey for real, for real, I was working on the album. I, uh, I, I we got snowed in and I had to shovel snow for the first time. Which is oh,
2: yeah. You're from Texas. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm from Jersey, Jersey, so it's it's yeah, a struggle
1: I, out here. I didn't, I I wasn't a fan. Yeah. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't a fan of that. Um, we got uh, Lily Aviana. She's an amazing singer, mm-hmm. amazing she's person. Great. Uh, she's great. I've known her for years. I've been friends with her for years, um, and I'm really happy for with what she did to the song. Um, yeah, I think that's all the features. Actually, I don't have that many features on this project. Yeah, thought I had more. But,
2: <laughs> <laughs> to go with uh, to talk about you and Chris's chemistry first of all, like you every song with you two is fucking great like phone numbers and the one on this project it's like gives that Smino Saba kind of vibe where like you're kind of the, the Smino he's the, the sabo rapping his ass off he can sing too but I saw recently I'm not sure if you tweeted this or he tweeted this but one of you said that he wrote a song for you recently yeah mm-hmm. so I'm curious just from – like my background is like making rap music. It's like obviously you want to write your own music. So how does that work for you guys? Like how does he know I think Dende would sound better than I would on this? Because he can sing too. And what, is it weird singing someone else's lyrics about a different story? Or like,
1: what's that So like? like I said before, I am a control freak. But <laughs> yeah. I'm getting better because I also know that sometimes – the, cause I know the other artists can agree that sometimes you hear a song, you're like, I wish I wrote that, like I wish I did that. Um, we were in a studio, and he was like, he didn't record a, a reference or anything. He, was, he just had to beat, and he was like, I wrote this song, and I think you kill this. And he like sang it, and it was like, I think you would do it better. Um, and I went and sang it like how I felt it, cause it's a really like, cause he knows that I put a lot of emotion when I'm like singing stuff. So I I heard it that way, so that's how I sang it, and it's a, it's a crazy song. I'm a, I'm gonna I'm yeah. see if I'm gonna see if Mizzle let me send it to y'all. There, listen to it. But Man, um, no um, but I'm all yours. Uh, I, I feel like it's cool sometimes to just like let someone else do something, and 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 if you can translate it better than they could, then it's still a good song. It's still the same song. It's just someone else is singing it because you know. What song did uh, Leon Thomas write for uh, for I Forgot which one it was. Oh, Uh, it was um, um,
0: it was the big one too.
1: Yeah, Leon Thomas is amazing. It wouldn't have did that if he did it, you know. Yeah, it would have got a lot because like he's Leon Thomas and he's amazing and everyone in the industry respects him at this point. Um, but it wouldn't have did that commercially. But she was the better person to sing that song. So it's just like sometimes you gotta. Give up your work and let somebody else take it. Honestly, yeah.
2: I mean, it just takes a lot of humility as an artist, because especially as an artist, like, there's a you do believe in yourself. Clearly, like you have to have some type of confidence to release music. So to be able to say, like, you know what, I think like, to dish it off to someone, like, I think they can do this better, It's just a crazy like talent. And I mean, it works out for so many people. And there's so many artists that like, you don't even know of that do make their own music and they've written like the biggest hits in the industry.
1: And, uh, yeah, no. Nah. It is, it's ridiculous, but it's really cool. Uh, I'm definitely still open for people writing stuff and giving it to me. I usually write all my music though, but if I like it, I'll do it. I'm not against someone else writing something. I like it.
0: Especially when it's someone in your camp, someone you're so close with. Um, The song was Snooze, uh, Leon Thomas, amazing, amazing artist. I know that me and Adam talk about this all the time in terms of touring. With independent artists. It seems like touring has become on, on a decline. Uh basically you can just make music in your room, put it out, that's it. No need to perform or touring. But you'll take performance to another level. You recently toured for your album. Uh, I believe it was your first headlining tour, correct? So really huge.
1: Uh, talk yes, about, sir. talk
0: to us about touring and how that was for you where you went, the whole the whole spiel.
1: Um, so my first ever tour was with Chris uh, a <laughs> couple months before I went on, he was he did his first headlining tour and he had me open for him um that was amazing i just had to show up perform and go to sleep uh that was cool i really enjoyed that uh my tour is terrifying <laughs> um, cuz it was my tour uh yeah. and i have a full band yeah uh which
2: fire that's what you i'm um, team yeah. full band if you're able to have full band
1: mm-hmm. yeah because the type of, also being on Chris's tour prepared me for my tour too. Because like, not just like the, because I was always, I was, ready, I was ready to move around. Like I'm, I'm cool with that. We've been doing that for the past like yeah. three years. I'm cool with moving around. But it was the stage presence kind of thing. I've always been really good at performing, but I got very used to having a band and almost used it as a crutch. And then yeah. on Chris's tour, I had nothing. I had a DJ. And that first show, I was like, Oh, I gotta do something else. <laughs> I was like, oh, so I had to like get in my bag and start out like performing extra hard, and then I kept yeah. that with me even when I had the band, so it elevated even more. Um, my tour, I I went places that I never even had my own show at. Uh, we went to L.A., New York, Brooklyn, uh, Chicago, uh, Atlanta, Dallas. I've never had a show at all in Dallas and Houston. Um, all the shows were around the same, like show people showing up besides Dallas and Houston. We had more because I'm a Texas person. But um, it was amazing. The fact that I'm going places that I've never had my own individual show at and they're singing every single word to my album felt crazy. Like that was insane to me because it's just like, oh, y'all really came here? Because like we have openers and stuff. I'm like, maybe these openers brought these people. Yeah. These people know my my words yeah. <laughs> like that is crazy to me. <laughs> uh, so that that felt awesome. really insane, but it is tiring. It's it's stressful. It's scary, but it's worth it. It's worth it at the end of the day.
0: Definitely scary, and we hear so many stories of artists not even breaking even. You know, sometimes you lose money when you go on tour, which I think uh, you know why a lot of a lot of reason why a lot of artists don't do it. But in terms of CXR, how how does that work as like a functionality in terms of making sure the business is all right? How can you afford to go? Now you said you had a band. This time is it like a progression? Mm -hmm. You got to level up slowly over time, or just how how does that work?
1: We got to level up. Um, To be honest with you, we didn't even have the bread for this tour. We got we we got one sponsor. uh, Shout out to Topo Chico. Mm -hmm. They gave us some money, but it wasn't enough. Like I'm not (laughs) bashing them out. It's just like we weren't. They don't. They have they don't owe us anything. Mm-hmm. Uh we're new. Like, they don't owe us anything. So they gave us something and I very, I really appreciate it. I love Topo. They always show love. Um I literally have a little Topo thing right here. Uh, <laughs> hey,
2: shout out uh, Topo Chico. Um, the sponsor the podcast.
1: <laughs> shout out Topo. Um, but uh there's some of the stuff I had to just borrow money. Like my cousin paid for all of our BNBs. Um we just paid him back. My friend, one of my best friends since like eighth grade, he paid for all our flights. He had a credit card and he was like, I can pay for your flights. You just got to make sure you pay the bill yep. back by by the 16th. I was like, all right. He paid for all of our flights because we didn't get a bus. We flew everywhere. Um, yeah, we 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 dug it out. We did it ourselves. <laughs> we had no funding from like a label or anything and we just made it happen.
0: Yeah,
1: I didn't really make much money. Like we sold some merch and stuff, but I had to pay everybody. Uh, but we definitely made an impact. And 100%. I'm happy with what we did. I'm very happy with what we did. To be honest As you with
2: should, me. man. Yeah, that's awesome that you have such a strong support group behind you. Also, I mean, this genuinely, your sweatshirt with the, uh, what's it say? Don't let her steal this or it's a fire. Oh. <laughs> I think <laughs> I <laughs> have it really on cool.
1: yeah, uh, the cool. Yeah, she can't have this hoodie. She can't have this hoodie. Yeah, yeah.
2: Once, <laughs> once I have, have a job and funds in my account, I will hope to buy that hoodie. Uh, something bizarre. I've. Something I've always been curious about for artists is that sometimes when you make, let's say, sadder music on your album and you have to perform it every night. So I always thought about, like, say, like Mac Miller and like some of these songs are so sad and you have to perform it every night. And it's like, does that get to you as a performer? Or at that point, is it just singing another song and like you kind of forget how you felt when you wrote that?
1: no i gotta feel it um (laughs) but (laughs) uh, luckily for me i was also kind of going through something during that tour so i was feeling it anyway so uh it it probably made the performances a little bit better but yeah you gotta feel it because i'm a a very when i write it's very emotional and when i perform i want you to feel it
2: so is that hard on you kind of like to get yourself to perform it every night to get into the headspace it's kind of like putting yourself back into a bad headspace but then you're also enjoying the fact that you're performing to a crowd that loves your music and is singing it to you.
1: Yeah. It's, I, I, like, there were some times when I would be like in it and I'm feeling that emotion, like with song, like Nightmares. And then I literally see people singing it and I smiled and I'm like, wait, I'm not supposed to be smiling yeah. right now. Because <laughs> <Yeah, yeah, yeah. laughs> like, it's just like, that feels good.
2: Um, yeah, that's, that's sick seeing people like writing in their bedroom a song I can, can't even imagine. And then people actually saying the words back to you. Yeah, it's
1: insane. It is a crazy feeling.
0: I bet. But yo, let's transition from this project to the upcoming one that's coming up out coming out next week, uh, before the yes summer's Sir. over. EP, the CXR collaboration project. Why don't you tell us about that EP? As much as you can, you know, a little something for the fans.
1: Um, so we have oh man, we have a lot of good music on there. We have me, Chris, Erica. We also got Trinobi. Uh on that project, um, we have one song that's kind of like a, it's still a bop, but it's kind of like, it's actually dropping tonight. Well, I guess not tonight, whenever this drops, but it yeah. drops on the second. Mm-hmm. Um, it's out. It, it's kind of like a, that one's a little bit more of a emotional one. But the rest of them are vibes. Like it's a vibe. It's the summer. So we gave y'all some vibes. We wanted to show y'all we can have fun too. Cause I put out a very emotional album. Chris put out a very emotional album. We wanted to show y'all we could have fun. So yeah. uh this project is very fun. Uh there's different there's some genre bending in there. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be really cool. I like it. And also we try to stick to concepts. So we stuck with the with the ice cream. Uh just yeah. kinda, you know, it's the summer. Yeah. You gotta get some yeah shout out to our
2: guy something. Tyler shout out to our guy Tyler for making that album cover he yeah Tyler is great
1: <laughs> Tyler is great
2: I mean I, I love the Twitter community of artists and maybe it's just like this specific one but like Tyler just doing every single person's album covers and like dropping the dopest cover ever and shout out to him so <laughs> I I saw you tweeted I'm not sure if this was yesterday or today but you said you're moving out to LA what went into like what goes into that decision is it like you just want to be around more artists is that for more live show like there's more opportunities there like what's the thought process behind
1: that um so i uh my producer's already going out there uh he got a bnB and b for a month and i was debating on if i was gonna go or not uh just because i didn't know if i wanted to be in texas or if i wanted to go to la but it's time for me to just go out there and and just stay for a little while and actually work. Cause usually when I go, I'm there for like four days. Um, yeah. And I try to cram everything into four days, but I should—I I, kind of want to just go immerse myself in that environment for a little while. Uh, just lock in, work on the next music, just be personable with as many artists as I possibly can.
2: Yeah. Is there anyone you
1: specifically want to work with that you've seen? Um, I want to work with Matt Keen. I want to work with uh, Coco Jones a lot. She's fire. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Obviously, Leon Thomas. Um, I want to work with uh, Kenyon Dixon. Um, I want to work with... Man, there's a lot.
2: <laughs> this is your opportunity. <laughs> we'll tweet this video out and we'll tag him. So this is your, it's your chance. Not for sure. Keep on throwing names.
1: <laughs> um... Uh,
2: I know that was a good list. You're fine. I don't want to break a little... your branch into that. And uh, when, it, when it comes to hopping on features, how does that work for you? Because on one hand, it is like a source of income because some artists will pay you to go on features. On the other hand, you don't want to be, put it, say, I don't know, you want to be in a song that doesn't coincide with like your artistry. So how do you go about that?
1: Um, it just kind of depends on if I like the song. Honestly, I'm not going to get on the song if I don't like it. That's just yeah bare minimum. If I don't like it, I'm not getting on it. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's like the homie, and I'm like, oh, this is amazing. I'm going to hop on this. Sometimes it's just a person I don't know at all, and yeah. I like it. So we we work something out. Um, but usually I, I make sure that it, it definitely has to align with where I'm going. Because like there's other stuff, even songs that I have liked, and I've been like, this wouldn't make sense, though." So, so I shouldn't be on this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. Staying true to yourself. But before you close this, we always ask, our guests all the time for the independent artists working to, you know, continue this and make it to the top. What is the biggest advice you can share that's helped you throughout your journey?
1: Honestly, it's very cliche, but don't stop. Like genuinely, <laughs> like genuinely. If you think about it, I'm 28. I started making music in 2013. I didn't start seeing actual success. Well, I wouldn't say actual success because Whatever. Um, yeah. I didn't start seeing the, the type of growth that I wanted to see mm-hmm. until maybe four years ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I got six years in before anything started happening.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I just didn't give up. So, And I obviously, I'm good at what I do. I, I, I'm not discounting that. But even people that aren't as good as me or people that I know persevere and get places that others that quit too quick would ever get. So yeah. just I don't know, just be consistent and, and keep going.
0: Hundred percent. Yeah, do your ten thousand hours, put in the work. But guys, thank you so much if you tune in to the very end. Unless I do got more questions. At know, Dende's here, nah, this nah, is your I chance. <laughs> thank chance. you guys for tuning in. Make sure you check out before the summer's over when it comes out. And at Dende, where can everyone follow you? Any updates or anything like that, or just links where people can hit you up? Handles.
1: Uh, You can follow me on Instagram at I am Dende, I A M D E N D E, and on Twitter at Dende is me, D E N D E I S M E.
0: Beautiful. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next one. Appreciate it. See you guys later.